There's got to be an explanation to all these UFO sightings, right? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. Yes, yes. Welcome into the Tim McKernan Show. Delayed this week. It's August 18th as opposed to August 16th. Jackson, how many people mm-hmm. do you think rushed to their phones on Monday at around 12 or 1 p.m. when you upload our conversations hmm. and we're raging? Yeah. Yeah. I'd I assume upwards of 2.5 million. You're right. I, yeah. I was going to say. Not the entire St. Louis area, but... Right, but approximately five-sixths. Yeah, yep. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm, 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 I thought it was the rib, and that's brutal right now as well, but mm-hmm. uh, I, I got my wisdom teeth yanked 29 days ago, as we record on August 18th, 2021. And starting last Tuesday, I started to notice that we were having some issues, and, uh, and the issues got worse. Mm-hmm. Can you see any swelling? Look at my cheeks. Look at my cheeks. Not really. You shouldn't be able to now. Yeah. On Saturday, the left side was swollen. On Sunday, the right side was swollen. So it went back and forth. Oh, that's brutal. And then I saw my guy on Monday, I guess. Yeah, today's Wednesday. And he's like, yeah, no dry sockets. Oh, thank God. But likely uh, you're in the midst of an infection. So take this medication and come back and see me in a week. And I'm like, all right, he wasn't too concerned about it. You know, knows I'm in pain, but Mm -hmm. I think, you know, he's like, I talked to your dentist and told him how bad your wisdom teeth were. He goes, those were humdingers. That's what he called them. Humdingers. (laughs) Like this guy already. Yeah. (laughs) And I said, well, is it weird that like, if I were to have like a double cheeseburger right now and I got one from the village last week. Solid. Yeah. And I tried to open up uh, my mouth Uh to eat the double cheeseburger, I can't still open up my mouth. And he goes, yeah. He goes, there's nothing wrong. What was wrong is that you didn't get these taken out in your teens. So again, I now have a cause. Some people take up charitable causes. I have a cause. My cause is telling the kids to get their wisdom teeth pulled. It's not like it's unbearable pain. Now, I haven't had dry sockets. I hear tell that's the worst. But it's just like so dumb I think it's just one of those things, yeah, yeah, I don't want to deal with it. And they're not causing me any problems, so you don't do anything about it. Maybe in 10 years, I'll be like, God, I should have gotten my shoulder operated on if I don't get it operated on soon. And I'll be like telling people, get your shoulder operated on. Or get any injuries, so when you're not in your 50s or 60s, that you're not getting these kinds of surgeries. So, for real, just get it knocked out. Because the uppers, for me, were nothing. And I was 42 when that happened. Um, But the lowers, holy crap. Just get it done so you don't have to worry about it. Couple other things. We got a good we got a good QFTA here. Got Love a lot. It. We got a lot. Love it. But I think I might I think I might have a good deep dive. Cool. Um so that and, and because I don't want to I just did three hours of the program, which I was worried about, and around seven thirty it started to like yeah. the holes in my mouth started to fill with uh, saliva. Mm. Uh, and it was tougher to talk. So to, to do a long podcast, Jackson, you're in luck. It won't happen today. <laughs> Uh, so we may do a deep dive because right when I got this email last week, I thought, oh, this could be, and it actually said, this might be a deep dive for you. 
Uh, it involves Bob Costas oh. and uh, the radio program. Uh, some will already know where we're going with it, but I will uh, I will go into because I've never I don't think I've really gone into the details of it. So we'll do that here today. But um, what do we got going on here? Uh, Pick six podcasts. Oh yeah, this is big doings. Yeah. So the Pick Six podcast will return. We'll do our first one next week. Mm-hmm. Uh, your standards. It started out with just me and producer Joe with the friendlies football picks of the week. And that was just on Inside STL. Then it became a podcast. This was Gangster Pete's brainchild. Gangster Pete, of course, will be returning. He brought his buddy G-Unit. G-Unit will be returning. Uh, Jackson is now a part of the podcast. Mm-hmm. And in a stunning development, Iggy will be part of the Pick 6 podcast. So we now have six for six. the Pick 6 podcast? Yeah, it works perfectly. So fitting. Works perfectly. Each participant will put in at least $250, if not $500, for the prize pool. Yep. I have no idea why Iggy always goes out of his way to say it's for charity, <laughs> but then goes on social media and bitches about his income. But whatever. <laughs> you know. God bless, God bless him. <laughs> exactly. God bless. <laughs> I feel like Vince Vaughn watching John Favreau with Swinkers. God, yeah. God bless that guy. <laughs> uh, I, I, I don't know. Because let me make this crystal clear. I'm keeping all $3,000. Yeah. I'm keeping all $3,000. Let's not dig around here. This I'm, and, and once again, it doesn't fucking matter. Everybody hates me anyway, so fuck it. Just <laughs> throw a log on the fire, but I'll have my $3,000. I don't anticipate uh, winning, but because um, I like to do daily fantasy, and I don't want to like pick against teams that I'm, I'll still prioritize my daily fantasy. But either way, uh, so that'll be starting up. And it's really not the picks, because as people know who have followed this, minus the weatherman's heater. And I don't know if you were listening then, Jackson. This was 20... 19, I believe, when this guy, who is truly a television weatherman, but a listener, University of Missouri guy, but mm-hmm. not not a television weatherman in Missouri, just started emailing me these picks. And initially, I'm just like, okay, whatever. And then we got into a rush one time, and I hadn't looked at games. I'm like, this guy emails in, and I'm just going to read his picks. And he went like five and one. Yeah. And then I just kept going with his picks. And he went, I think, 67-ish percent against Jeez. the spread. It was absurd. That's crazy. But then he followed it up with a really bad year. Mm, yeah, sophomore slump. Yeah, it happens. So uh, that's what I did, and that's how I won. Gangster Pete won last year. Producer Joe has never won. No. I think G-Unit may have won at one time. I don't know. Maybe. So you'll compete. Yeah. The best case scenario for the podcast is Iggy to do really well or really bad. Either one would be perfect. That's what we need. We yeah. can't have him just like kind of no. muddling along. We no. need him to do really well or really bad. Iggy says he will not respond to Joe's attacks. I could see Joe not engaging with Iggy. Unless something triggers it. But yeah, it's just going to take one little like muffled like shot. It could be a sneeze while he's giving his picks. (laughs) And it'll be like Kepka and DeChambeau where he just rolls his eyes and away we go. Yeah. So uh, I'm I'm I was already looking forward to pick six. I feel like pick six could be its own radio show. Like yeah. I do a radio show with the group on pick six. Yeah, maybe that's what we should do. That'd be fun. Um, like it's 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 exactly my style of thing. Yeah, there's no bullshit. There's yeah. no egos where you got behind the scenes issues. There's no you know not yeah. that we have that on you know TMA. No, but it's just it's a good group of guys who give each other shit and yep. fuck off. And as I've said before, I mean, I would love to do, not necessarily after every Cardinal game, but after certain Cardinal games, after Blues playoff games or games that have postseason implications, after certain golf tournaments, after Missouri football games, pop up with this group of people and just bullshit about it. Yeah. Essentially, it's a ripoff of what No Laying Up, the No Laying Up podcast does. Yeah. 
with golf tournaments, which I look forward to listening to for most golf tournaments every Monday while I'm working out. That's what I listen to. Mm -hmm. And I just enjoy it because uh, it's a good shit-giving session. The Iggy element will be yeah. will be intriguing to see how it develops because Joe finger. fucking hates him and it's not an act. No. And because of that, now Iggy hates Joe. But, you know, Joe does not drop grudges. I could see Iggy dropping the grudge, mm, but Joe does not. He is just... He's very gangster that way. So that is coming up. Um, what else do we have? Oh, for Inside STL merchandise. Yeah. It's the 16th anniversary of the start of Inside STL, August 15th, 2005. And so we are in in order to celebrate that. We are giving people 16% off their orders on InsideSTLShop.com. And Jackson has created some wonderful merchandise. Really has. It's good stuff. I The, the one I like the most is the TMA hat. The TMA... Like kind of, I guess, like the ping logo thing. Uh -huh. Yeah. But as we discussed, I'm self-conscious of wearing it. Like if I were in Florida, I'd wear it all day long. Yeah. For Around sure. St. Louis. Eh. But I love the hat. Uh, and there's some great shirts in there as well. The Walrus People Invitational hats. Oh, it's yeah. 707 in St. Louis t-shirt. They're all there and they're 16% off. Go to InsideSTLShop.com. It's a great gift as well. Or if you just like it, the stuff's made by St. Louis Style, STL Style, and it's top notch. And Sound Story. Um, we are now in a position to do sound stories in person again. I love doing them. Uh, go to mysoundstory.com to book them, or you can email me at tmckernan at insidestl.com to schedule them. I can tell you this, we do them at KFNS, and we do them right after TMA, so 1030. Uh, so if you want one, you want to knock one out for the holidays now, you want you and your brothers and sisters to come in and talk about your parents, your grandparents, whatever. You want to have your parents interviewed, your mom interviewed, your dad interviewed, your grandma interviewed, your grandfather interviewed, and always have their voice telling their life story. I love doing the interviews. Go to tmckernan at insidestl.com and email me or uh, mysoundstory.com. All right, our sponsors who make this podcast possible. I'm doing this off the top of my head without looking at my phone. Ryan Kelly, he's the studio sponsor of the homeloanexpert.com studios. James Carlton, Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency in Webster Groves. Jim Rogers, Restoration One of centralstlouis.com. Seth Goldcamp of Design Air Heating and Cooling, online at designairservice.com. Jamie Burkhardt and Clayton Patterson of Munganas, St. Louis Acura and AltonToyota.com and Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies online at evergreenstl.com because it kind of hurts to talk. Jackson, tell me about Mark Hanna. He, he's just the best. He really is simply the best. He, he gives you this information, this financial information, but he also gives you some advice on your life. He's interested in your personal life because that is important to knowing what to do financially. And so... He took interest in my personal life. I started working with him. Couldn't be happier. It's, it's just another thing off my plate. Like, oh, worrying about the future financially? Not not my worry because I'm working with Mark Hanna. Yeah. And if you're not working with Mark That's Hanna, get working with Mark Hanna. If you're working with someone else, switch. 314-889-0503. That's how you can make that switch. Uh, you'll be so happy you did. Biggest regret. Easily biggest regret. 314-889-0503. And the biggest regret is that I just wasn't on top of this stuff. Because now I'm so effed up on spreadsheets. I'm a spreadsheet addict Yeah, that I go in and I track everything and I look at like the increase just over, I mean, I really started, which is horrible that I really, really started on this at 41 years old. That's just so, and I mean, you're, you're getting a full 18 year old in between <laughs> that because you're starting at 23 Yeah, and the advantage you have by doing that, yeah. um, you know, and seeing the, the, the benefits of, of doing it the way I'm doing it now, bunch of, and I, and I couldn't have done, you know, stuff at 23 that I can do now, just like most people couldn't do stuff at, you know, 41, uh, that they, they would be doing at, at 
23. I mean, I understand that program, but just to start and then the benefits of uh, compound interest and having money in there and just understanding that it really is, it's a, I don't want to call it a lifestyle. It's just, a, it has to be the way you operate that you know you are allocating those dollars and you can see it grow. I think that's the key. It's like if you're tra- like with me with what I eat and the MyFitnessPal app or, you know, weight or whatever the case might be, if you're staring at it, you, you you can't help but acknowledge what's going on. And I think that is actually helpful, yep. which is why I'm such a spreadsheet junkie. So uh, Mark Hanna is, is the guy I recommend, uh, evergreenstl.com. I also recommend Ryan Kelly, thehomeloanexpert.com. Um, talking with him uh, and his staff, got pre-approved, I guess, last week, I think it was, looking at houses, considering making a move, not sure. Uh, but either way, you got to get pre-approved in this competitive real estate environment. Go to thehomeloanexpert.com and get pre-approved with Ryan Kelly. And Ryan's been on the show talking about getting people rates in the low twos, the low twos. Get a refinance with Ryan Kelly if you haven't done it. My goodness. I mean, I refinanced last April and I'm like, maybe I should refinance again. Low twos, thehomeloanexpert.com. Ryan Kelly, studio sponsor of the Tim McKernan Show podcast. And James Carlton of the Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, 314-961-4800. He happens to be my insurance agent. He is a loyal listener of both the radio show and the Tim McKernan Show podcast. And I think the absolute world of him as a person and as an insurance agent, as a boss, because he's got an incredible staff, which he keeps expanding, which makes sure that that customer service is second to none. James Carlton in Webster Groves, 314-961-4800. Go online at carltoninsurance.net. If your insurance costs a leg and arm, call James Carlton. State Farm. Uh, all right, here we go. This could be this could be all we're doing today. Sweet. And I got a lot. Mm-hmm. But this is because of my mouth situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm playing uh, golf today. I'm going to attempt to, despite the intercostal situation. Yeah. Um, with Iggy and the guys from Proper Cannabis, um, I want to make sure that I keep me uh, keep myself on the clock. But this was sent in. This was actually sent in on the 9th. Mm. So uh, right when I read it, I thought, oh, this is going to be a good sode. At least I think it's going to be a good sode. Super random. But perhaps it turns into a deep dive. I remember watching Costas Now sometime around 2008 or 2009 when I first started listening to TMA. I believe the guest was Mad Dog Russo. They were having a discussion about the radio business. I'm paraphrasing big time as it's a long time ago, but I remember Costas referencing listening to a morning show in St. Louis and kind of shitting on it, saying they were having a conversation about would ya regarding some lass. More or less saying the business has turned into shock jock and is lowbrow nitwittery. Do you remember this episode? Dude, you think he was talking about TMA. How long did it take you to get thick skin? If Bob Costas was throwing shade on me, I don't know if I could handle it. You clearly had a vision, saw an opportunity, stayed true to yourself, etc. Where did that confidence come from? You have a rapport with a wide delta of people ranging from Caden Cross to Jack Danforth. Do you ever worry about how something you say will be received at this point in your career? Lots of different places to go with this, but I admire your conviction in the show and yourself, and I'm curious as to the genesis of it. No name, please. Uh, And that comes, and you can see here Jackson, who it was from, um, because there was a theory that the Iggy one was written by Iggy himself, (laughs) but this person you know, right? You can see it. Yep. Um, And so with that all said, 
lot of lot in there. Do you know what he's talking about? Because I know you're a loyal listener, but you're a loyal listener going back to what, 14? Yeah. Am I right? Or 14, yeah, spring of 14. 08 or 09, I would have been in elementary school. So that, that was not... Well, like which that. is really the, the, the peak of our <laughs> bell curve of demographic. But a yeah. um, couple of things on this. W- number one, with uh, me being out, um, you've had to go best of mm-hmm. And now I haven't listened to him. Yeah. But... I don't know how many either DMs or emails I have received praising your best ofs. Appreciate it. And I don't know what the hell you're doing because we've done best ofs before, but for whatever reason, these best ofs are, what are you doing? I try to do like really, not like quick clips, like 45 seconds, but like. Oh yeah, that would suck. Yeah, but like 10 minute clips of things where it's like, you know, so it's not like one segment, one old segment. You're picking the highlights of Famous yeah. segments or yeah. perhaps forgotten. Because you went back. The reason I bring it up is because you went back pre-2010. Oh, yeah, yeah. You yeah. went back into morning grind stuff. Oh, you yeah. went Ask Tonying. Oh, Ask Tonying. Big time. Yeah. that I, Friday, I just played the hits. Friday was stuff that I know people enjoy and a uh, bunch of stuff like that. Mondays was a little more. I was trying to pick a little bit longer segments because it was. I had less notice on that one. The Friday one, I was just trying. I was playing the hits. Rondo. Uh, nice. You know, Ask Tony. Plowboy but you have to go into the vault ball. for this. Yeah, Pro- no, Plowboy selling his ball was very early on in Plowboy's tenure. Yes, and I, I was the listener at the time, and I couldn't believe my ears when I heard these things. So yeah, I had classic. To, I had to remember that. It one. was a serious discussion. Oh, he was dead serious. And if I'm not mistaken, it was with his ex. Yes, the one who, who was often the at the army base. Yeah, with friends she hadn't seen in a while. That's so correct. That always, ha- hashtag friends I haven't seen in a while. Yeah, which was kind and of so explored. she was trying to get him to sell his testicle while she was out, which I believe is the first time the word cuck was used on the show. Yeah, that was right at the the crux of the cuck talk, and it was <laughs> featured often in Buck Swope's Cuck Life 1. There was also one that I hadn't heard in forever, but it was a it? one yeah. of the 10-year anniversary clips, and it was it was box score gym. Oh, yeah. When you guys passed him around. Was that morning grind or was that morning after? I think it was morning after because Doug was on. Doug was there. Yeah, yeah, so, but it was it was early, like, or probably early in Doug's career with it, and it was hilarious and i was i hadn't heard that in forever and i hadn't thought about it so i, I thought ac- about it <laughs> when i came across it and then of course there was a douglas schedule reading in there needed that in there which is so what you're doing it which is so good but you love the show yeah so you have some familiarity but then you use the show notes right yeah. is that show what you note, do and show notes are huge and swaps picks yes swaps so it's picks so good yeah. but the, the reason i bring it up is i know that you know probably most of the people listening now weren't listening even, I don't want to say five years ago, but 10 years ago. Yeah, probably so. So, you know, but I know there are a lot of people who have like pride themselves on they were listening in July of 2004 when the show started. Mm-hmm. So um, the reason I bring this up is what this email references. It, I believe, had to have taken place before October 2006 because I'm virtually certain Martin was in on the discussion. Mm. Um. And uh, Martin left the show in October 2006 after getting frustrated with Jason Barrett. So um, that is why that stands out to me. Not that the dates are really all that important, but with regards to the question, which has a uh, like a tree of questions that I can get into, which is why I think this is a deep dive email. Yes, I remember watching it. Bob Costas was having essentially like a town hall. This is the one where Buzz Bissinger... Uh, went nuts and was screaming at, I believe, Will Leach, who does a podcast here with Bernie Miklas. Yeah. 
um, formerly of Deadspin. Yeah. And he goes, here's a quote from a guy calling himself balls deep. (laughs) And so then Joe Buck came out later for the town hall and said, "Uh, Bob, if you could just please address me by my name, balls deep going forward. Uh, but in this in this town hall, which I think was kind of on, I think it was on the state of sports media, and it was on HBO. Bob did reference; he didn't say a show in St. Louis, but he said, "I'm driving around and I'm listening to a show, and they're talking about female sportscasters and asking, would you?" And I'm like, "Well, I know he has lived in St. Louis for a while. I didn't know if he still was living in St. Louis, uh, and I knew exactly what he was doing. He's talking about us." Mm-hmm. Um, that didn't, I don't want to, if, if anything, I don't know what to say. It would, didn't bother me so much as it made me be like, holy shit, Bob Costas is listening. That's <laughs> yeah. honestly what it did, but it didn't bother me. Yeah. But again, something I know I've talked about recently on the radio show, and I know I've discussed here on the podcast is me in 2006 versus who I am in 2021 are truly two different people. Mm. Um, it, it just is. I don't, I don't, I think you're just like a good quality, even keeled person. So I don't Appreciate think you're that. going to be a whole lot different at 38 than you are at 23. So for using the 15 year. Yeah. I, well, I, and now maybe I'm off. Who I knows? don't know. You never know. But no, nah, I, 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 I don't see that happening personally, but you know, there's always variables. Yeah. I, I just, I, so, so that's the, and this isn't like, this isn't the byproduct of anything other than, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't even know what caused it. But I just, I, I cringe listening to that stuff. I hear you. I cringe listening to it. Um, so the would you question, we did this thing called the Friday exit poll. Mm-hmm. Were you around for any of that? I think that had been gone by the time you started listening. There was a, in 2015, I want to say, a sponsor sponsor. Yeah, I know. Poll. We just didn't do it anymore. Uh, yeah. And I don't know. And that and it was a, it was a good, but I mean, exit polls are cool. Kind of like going back to it. You know, if we do, if we were to do it now for how, for lack of a better, I don't know. I I don't want to use the word good, uh-huh. but for what people expect from the show, yeah, people calling in to answer questions like six or seven questions, which is what the exit poll was, yeah, would be horrible radio. Yeah, in 2015, I feel like it was an exit poll for the hosts, like yeah, because it, well, be it was sponsored. It was yeah, done it was by sponsored. somebody in the sales staff. I yeah. get it. You want to create revenue, so that's what you got to do. You have to come up with things to get sponsored. For sure, I get it. But we had just kind of moved on past it because mm-hmm. taking phone calls, it, it, I guess it's, it's pre-social media. Yeah, it's kind of like if I want to get a gauge for people right now, I can do it and have, I don't know, if I tweeted out a question about the Cardinals right now or Missouri, how many wins do you think? I'll probably have four or 5,000 votes. And yeah. that's coming from somebody who is like dormant on Twitter. So, you know, so to get like 15 votes from 15 calls was our exit poll. But traditionally, one of the questions was a would you? And the would you was um, a, a, a lady who was teetering on the brink of attractive slash unattractive. Mm. And it was what it, exactly what it sounds like. Yeah. Could we, let's, let's start here. Could we do that in 2021? I think the answer is yes. Yeah. But for me as a host, I don't think... I would necessarily want to do it. No, it's kind of, it's, 
no, nah, I don't, and I don't like using the word hack because it's overused, but it is a little. I bit I kind of think it's hack. Yeah, I, it's, it's of, hack, but it's also I just it's basic. I I think I don't even know what the right word for it is. But now I get where Costas was coming from. So here's uh -huh. the here's the other here's the other part of this. I think I've talked about this, but not much. And I think it was one time mm -hmm. because I think he came on. Yeah. Now I don't know if we would have this audio or not because it was pre two thousand ten. Because I can specifically remember one of the parts of the conversation, and and I stand and I I stand by a part of it, which I will uh, recount here. Something that he I don't think can relate to, and what my premise for what he was condemning, and I and I and I still think this. I think I don't know. I, th I think there's a difference between giving an opinion that people may disagree with, but can understand where one is coming from versus what I think he can do sometimes, which is even though the, the argument will be incredibly intelligent and well-reasoned and certainly delivered yeah, as if it were being read off a teleprompter and it's not okay. uh, because he's so damn good and so damn smart mm -hmm. that I think sometimes it can come off as pontificating. Yeah. I heard you saying there. As opposed to, you know, and, and I and I think what happens when that happens is I think even if people would agree, they don't necessarily like the tone. And I think tone is so important to getting people, not necessarily to see it your way, but to understand how people can see it that way. Yeah. Especially in in this particular era in history, which is not where we were in 2006. So... With that said, he acknowledged he was talking about us, 100%, privately. And then the way that it worked out, Jackson, is we had wanted to get him on the show because we were virtually certain he was talking about us. That day, Martin must have been out because I can picture where I was doing the interview and I was on the side of the studio where whoever was running point was running point. And during the morning grind, Martin ran point. Um, and I recall... I think I asked him to call in a little early because I wanted to talk to him before we had him on the air yeah. to give him some context. The interview had to have taken place after June of 2007, but before, God, I don't know. I don't know. It had to happen after June 2007 because 2007, June 2007 was when I turned down SNY after I accepted the job at SNY being the television station in New York, which I accepted a job at. And so... What my premise was on Costas's town hall, really kind of, and again, I don't know what the details, I'm sure people will email, and please do email, it's not like I don't want you to email in, I always like getting the emails, uh, Tim McKernan at InsideSTL.com, I believe the Costas special was on the state of sports media, mm -hmm. I think that's what it was, I think that's why Joe Buck was on, Buzz Bissinger was on, Will Leach, I don't recall Chris Russo, Mad Dog being on, but he may have been on, I, I'm not saying he wasn't, I probably wasn't all that familiar with him at the time. Of, of whenever this was, uh, although his show with Francesa was was a hit at that point yeah. on WFN. But I think Costas's premise was sports media is spinning out of control. I can't imagine what he thinks now. I mean, this is free Twitter. <laughs> yeah. But um, but that's what that's what I believe it was about, which is why Buzz Bissinger was chastising Deadspin, which is basically irrelevant at this point. Yeah. But Will Leach was the guy with Deadspin at that time. And I think what Costas's premise was... So I haven't watched this episode. I don't know if I could go find it and watch it again. I mean, it certainly would be dated because so much has just changed since then. Is that you don't have to 
color outside the lines, for lack of a better term, although I'm sure Bob would say that's not what he was trying to say, um, in order to be successful in sports media. Mm -hmm. I think that was the overall, that's my recollection, because I recall getting on the phone with him, and it was incredibly, I mean, it was as far as on a polite conversation goes, it was an A+. plus. It wasn't like it was contentious. No. I mean, I have the utmost respect for him. How can you not? Yeah. Um, but I got on the phone with him back in the control room. This was at the Webster Grove studio in KFNS before we welcomed him on. And he knew it was going to be, you know, even though he's done everything that he had done at that point and everything since then, he knew that this was going to be, you know, it was going to be a debate of sorts. For sure. Uh, but I, but I wanted to explain to him, I said, you know, your premise that if you work hard and play by the rules, you can have great success in sports media. I said, I just disagree with that. Mm -hmm. And I cited specifically and gave him the dollar figure because I knew it wasn't going to matter to him. I wasn't going to impress him what I was offered at SNY. And I said, now in St. Louis, it's a lot of money. Um, but to live in New York, my friends who lived in New York are like, well, you can't live in Manhattan on that. And I'm the lead anchor on Geico Sports Night, which is essentially Sports Center for, for SNY following Mets games. And I couldn't afford to live in Manhattan. I'm working in New York as a television anchor, and I can't afford to live in Manhattan. Now, I recognize Manhattan is ridiculously expensive, but it's not like I would have been living incredibly well, even if I would have gone to Hoboken or no, Brooklyn Heights Brooklyn, or yeah. whatever the hell. You're still you know. going to be struggling unless right. you go to like Staten Island or something. Yeah. So it's, 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 you know, and at that point I'm 30 ish, give or take. And, you know, and so I said, I, and, and the reason, and it's something I talk about often, anytime the, the business mm -hmm. comes up, the reason is there are hundreds of people if SNY were to go on the, the media job posting sites and say lead anchor spot for Geico Sports Night available, send in your resume reels, your resume and a cover letter, I would guess they would get a thousand plus yeah. applications yeah. for one job. So I always talk about this when I talk about the business. It's economics applied to communications. There is a great deal of supply. There is an incredibly low demand. And therefore, the employer has the advantage in almost every single situation when it comes to television news. And in a lot of cases, play-by-play. -play. Yeah, definitely. Because, I mean, what do you think? The people aren't going to watch Yankees games in <laughs> New York if, take your pick of Michael K. Yeah. Um, you know, or they're not going to watch whatever game. It doesn't matter. Lakers games. It doesn't matter. They're going to watch, uh, who has leverage in sports television, Charles Barkley, Ernie Johnson, Shaquille O'Neal, Kenny, the jet, Terry Bradshaw, Jimmy Johnson, Michael Strahan, Howie Long, uh, no disrespect to Kurt Menefee. I think the show would work fine if Kurt wasn't there. Unfortunately, per but, you know, uh, David Faraday, I think, the, no doubt. uh, those kinds of broadcasters, but as far as like a television anchor, it's just so, it's yeah. so easy, but there's so many of us, or I'm not one now that you just, you, you play by the rules and, and you have no leverage. And so what happened with me at KMOV in 2003 was my first baptism. And that was, I had won a couple, I had won best sports anchor. I mean, and I trust me, I don't give a fuck about this. You can get <laughs> upset about it as a brag and go fuck yourself. I don't really care. I'm just telling you what happened. Got one best sports anchor Emmy in the Midwest and best sports reporting, I believe, 
and a Murrow Award. And it was four months before my contract was up. And I sat down with the GM and he looked at me and almost smirked and said, here's what I can do. And he blamed it on the economy. And by the way, I don't think the economy was all that bad in 2003, but shit, I don't know. Yeah. You know, I know it wasn't 2008, but at the same time, I'm 25 and I'm not really paying attention to the economy. Yeah. Um, and he's, but, but what it really was now having been on the other side of the desk was leave. I don't give a shit. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It's not going to affect us in any way. And if anything, we'll save like 15 grand or something over the course of the year, which is also a rounding air for us. So we really don't give a shit because somebody will come along and yeah. they'll die. And if they don't want the 15 grand less, there'll be a hundred other people who will take it. So take it or leave it. Yeah. Honestly, I have other things to get to, you know, and, and honestly, in the hindsight of the whole thing, I look back on it and I go, I'm surprised he even wasted the time with me. <laughs> Dead serious. Like I, to, to think that he even spent time on the number three sports guy it was me, Savard and Doug. So that was like, holy shit. I thought I was going to get this big raise. And it was, it was, I mean, it was a raise, but it was like a 2% raise. That was eye-opening. That is when I should have hired an agent and started looking to get out. That that was, I blame myself. But whatever, it's, it's fine. I was making money from radio, so I was making a nice living, and I'm working in my hometown, and I was just happy. Yeah. Um, and so I was telling Bob on the phone, I said, your premise, I get where you're coming from, but the problem is you're coming at it from a guy who has been working at NBC since he was in his, I think, mid-ish 20s or late 20s. And so your perspective on the industry is coming from a different place. Yeah. Even as much as Doug and the cat and myself will joke about our careers internally, not to ruin the joke, we know we're incredibly lucky. It, 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 not just for being able to do a show we've loved to do for so long, but really just the math yeah. of how many people want to do it and how many people get to do it. And, I, and it's not like I don't think anybody really goes, wow, we're really good. We should get this because so many people, especially do what we do, could do what we do. So it, it's, it's a right place, right time thing. And so what I was saying to Bob is I get where you're coming from, but here is what I remember telling him the number and and I know for him, he's probably like, oh, my God, that's nothing. You know, uh, from for television, it was something. But for New York, it was kind of on the lower side of, you know, a median point to live in Manhattan for sure. Um, and, you know, my premise was in order to create leverage, you have to do something different. And I absolutely stand by that. 14 years later, I, I look at myself at that time as what I was doing on air and how I was conducting myself um, with disgust and regret. But, and no other way to say it. <laughs> I don't know if you, yeah. could be, you could be any more direct as to say, <laughs> and I didn't plan to say it, but that's how I look at it. I mean, just really, truly with disgust <laughs> and regret. Uh, I'm very glad that I didn't have a, children early in my life, um, but I think I would have been a better human being if I would have had a child earlier in my life. Um I, I, I'm certain that that's played a role in what I consider to be an evolution. Maybe others who want me to continue to act like I'm coked up and at strip clubs all night. Uh, not that I think there's anything wrong with strip clubs, by the way. It's just, I was up all night um, and just fucking off that uh, I think, you know, my son being born in 2017 certainly played a role in that. Uh, I think getting divorced played a role in that, albeit it's been 13 years, but I think I look at that probably as a moment where I'm like, okay, that's not, that, that wasn't supposed to happen. That was, mm -hmm. you know, so, but what I said to Bob Costas privately, um, with conviction too, again, it wasn't like it was, it was a hundred percent kind conversation. 
he, I think he, I still do. I think he was wrong. I think he's, I think, and I, I think even more so now, I mean, I think for sure, like the old media is gone for sure, uh, that you have to do something different. And if you really, really now want to make money, you either have to get an incredible job from a corporation or you have to just create something and have it turn into something monstrous. If somebody is in at the University of Missouri or Syracuse or Northwestern, or any great journalism school right now, I would love to know what their, what their plan is um, to do with it. Mm -hmm. With, with this business, it's just, it, there's hundreds of people who want one job. And yeah. so you don't have leverage. Now, how does that tie into the would you thing? I think in 2021, I don't think I would do it, but I also don't think it's like this cancelable offense that I could see it being now. I wouldn't do it because I just think it's mean. Yeah. I that's agree. my reason for not doing it now. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, that's it. I think, I think if probably if there's the, the biggest difference now between 2006 and 2021, um, an awareness of the things that are mean and as opposed to like, whether it's self deprecating or giving an opinion that might sound harsh but it's direct but it's not shitting on somebody yeah and i don't know i think maybe it's because i've been on the receiving end of it that i know how awful it is that i don't want to do it to others not to say that i'm by any means pitching a perfect game with it but you know if you're and i don't even know who would have been on the woodges over the years rosie o'donnell i think was probably one thinking back to that time period not that she would be driving through town and listening but it's just it's like yeah it's just a sh and, it, and it's hack yeah, it's, it's it's hack and it's hack. weak and it's mean. Yeah. You know, sometimes there's mean comedy, but it's kind of brilliant. Yeah. And sometimes and, it, and it's just like we're just doing it's just dumb. Yeah. So I get where uh, the question's coming from. Like, did it rattle your cage that Bob Costas was critical? No, because I knew I think maybe he had expressed before on the show that he wasn't a big fan of the show. <laughs> I think what stood out to me and I might may have said at the time is like, why is he listening when he's made it clear that he doesn't like the show anyway. But yeah. either way, um, if Bob Costas was throwing shade on me, I don't know if I could handle it. You clearly had a vision, saw an opportunity, stayed true to yourself, et cetera. Where did that confidence come from? Um, it was probably overconfidence that really wasn't rooted in truth. It was probably delusions from me in the mid-2000s that with the benefit of hindsights was absolutely unfounded, but because I had so much confidence, I didn't realize how stupid what I was doing was. And that allowed me to just keep going because I was convinced it was the right thing to do. Yeah. Um, furthermore, didn't have children. And I always think that's an important part of the equation. You can gamble a little when you don't have kids. Mm -hmm. Thank. Um, but I also, you know, talk about economics applied to communications. I would listen to sports talk radio in St. Louis you know, Jackson, I mean, you're like three years old when this is going on. And I go, God, this is just so boring. Mm. It was the same thing. Yeah. Now, listen, and some of the people who think it's, it was great or that type of stuff is great hate our show now, I'm sure. So, but from, you know, so this isn't a criticism of the people. It's what it was, it, what, it's what it was. It would be like, I wanted to hear the host opine and fuck off and talk about the stuff that people were talking about. And if there wasn't like at this particular moment, in St. Louis sports. Now, if you want to tell yourself the Cardinals are going to win the World Series and get into the playoffs, be my guest. Mathematically, it can happen. Yeah. Um, but at this particular moment in St. Louis sports, no NFL team now, 
I mean, what are you really going to break down? But if there was something going on, I would want to hear about it. But the, what it was was a bunch of interviews with beat writers. Yeah. Or just kind of like, you know, we're going to go to this guy. And it's just like, oh, my God, it's just awful. And there was no there's no flow to it. Yeah. So I recall wanting to start a show that would appeal to younger people with no, with really, you know, not to say no guests, but certainly not a reliance on guests. No. We're getting paid to talk. Yeah. Not to ask questions. Yeah. It's a crutch. It just, it, but it's the way it had always been done. Mm -hmm. It was almost dogma. Yeah. And, and what TMA is, is certainly more common around the country Whereas when a TMA at the time, the morning grind first started, it was, it was deemed controversial. Um, stayed true to yourself, et cetera. Well, I love doing it. So that's, you know, that's part of it. And I also, we just have a belief in it and that's not just me. That's everybody associated with the show. Um, you have a rapport with a wide Delta of people ranging from Caden Cross to Jack Danforth. You ever worry about how something you say will be received at this point in your career? I don't know if I read this email on the show or not, on the podcast or not, but somebody sent it in. Do you recall the Tommy Boy Chicken Wing email? I wish uh, I could pull it up. I don't remember that. Okay, so it was back in March, April-ish, where I came on here, and I wasn't in the greatest mood. And I'm just like, I'm just going to talk about what I want to talk about, even though I know it might wind up in something resulting like when you said you were going to watch the Warriors-Lakers play in game <laughs> over the Blues and Avalanche. Yeah. Especially in St. Louis mm. for you, and especially in St. Louis for me, which is, I don't know, I just want to move to Jupiter. Oh, yeah, 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 I remember that, yeah. Um, and it wound up getting a really good response, actually. A, hell, oh, a, a sure. substantial response, but also a really good response. People took it for what it was and didn't get butthurt, although I'm sure there was some butthurt. I know there probably was some butthurt. Um, it, it, was, it, was, it wound up being a really good dialogue. Got the best emails we've ever gotten on this podcast uh, as far as volume and quality uh, correlating from that. But I remember one person saying, the way I look at decisions now is how Chris Farley handled trying to order chicken wings at the roadside diner in uh, Tommy Boy. And I've since watched the scene and see what he's talking about. And it's a, if you've seen Tommy Boy, my God, what are we doing here with you? I mean, how can I invest in you, good or bad.com? And you haven't seen Girl Next Door. You hadn't seen Private Parts. Yeah. You haven't seen the American president and Tommy uh, Boy. I know. It's fucked. It's fucked. I'm, that, Tommy Boy is one that's like everyone tells me to watch Tommy Boy. And that one I haven't seen. So add it, I'm adding it to I'd the list. I'd be curious if Chris Farley translates for you oh 100 percent. okay because uh, he was gone by the time you were born yeah yeah but the this the motivational down by the river thing he did on snl Matt Foley. that can go that'll go for generations <laughs> that'll, that'll never not be funny and david spade can't even keep his act together during <laughs> it just pissing his pants yeah I, you gotta watch you gotta watch you yeah. gotta watch one of these before our next qfta got it it's i mean it's just know. gotta happen i know i i was gonna watch one of them i remember i was going to i think it was Thursday night because we were off. We had the best of Friday, and that fucking hard knocks was looking at me, and I was like, "I'm not going to watch this. I'm not going to watch it." And then I wow, hit it. another like, unpopular statement here in St. Louis. Oh, you man. wanted to watch the Dallas Cowboys hard knocks. I watched. Well, I didn't plan on it, and I started it, and I was like, "All right, I'll see how I'm in." And it's so stupid, it's so dumb. But I real gin. So where I'm going with this is is I swear there's a point to it. <laughs> the gentleman in the email said. The way I would approach it is I would move. I mean, everybody, not everybody, but God, 
said to move. And a lot of it were from people who have moved and they listen to the podcast kind of as their connection to St. Louis. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't necessarily people shitting on St. Louis and their reasons to move so much as it's just, you know, you clearly are passionate about it. Um, and your family is passionate about it as in my wife. So, um, you know, you got to do it and just, you know, then figure out your career afterwards. And what this person said is you got to do it. And the way I approach tough decisions is the way Chris Farley asked for the waitress to get him chicken wings. And David Spade goes, how'd you do that? That was your best, you know, selling you've ever done, which was then kind of a pivotal point in the movie where he starts to become a good salesperson. And Farley goes, well, I mean, I knew if she said no, we still had a pizza waiting for us set in the car. <laughs> point being, you always have a fallback. Yeah. If you have a fallback, then really something that may seem dramatic and like a life-altering moment isn't really that big of a deal. So, in other words what this gentleman was saying regarding moving, he was saying, yeah. And if it, if you wind up not liking it for whatever reason or something changes and you don't want to stay, whatever, you can always come back to St. Louis, you know? So it's not like this do or die thing. Mm -hmm. And so with regards to, you have rapport with the wide Delta of people ranging from Caden cross to Jack Danforth. Do you ever worry about something you say, uh, how it will be received at this point in your career? This may be incorrect, but it's at least what I have told myself for a long time because I guess I operate on the premise that inevitably it will end mm -hmm. yeah. and it will end relatively soon. And so if slash when that happens, I'll just be like, okay, it was great. You know, at this point, it's been a half of my life. That's the math. It's been half of my life working in this market. And I'm just like, okay, it's over. Then I'm moving to Jupiter and I'll figure something else out. Yeah. You know, it's not like I'm, a multi multi-millionaire or anything like that, but you know, I'd be okay. And that's, that, that to me isn't like the worst thing in the world. So I'm not going to fight it. Mm -hmm. Cancel me. It's going to happen. You know, uh, probably not for something I say now, maybe for something somebody I work with says, or for something I said 15 years ago, but you know, I just kind of, I kind of, if you do this, I feel like it's like sitting down at the World Series of Poker and you're about to play God only knows how many hands. And if you go into it and you go on tilt over a bad beat, a mathematical outlier that you shouldn't have happened to you that happens when a card comes off, then you shouldn't play poker. Yeah. That's how I look at it. You can't get upset about it. You can't get upset about a three putt if you play golf. It's going to happen. Oh, yeah. It's just part of the deal. So if you allow a bad beat or a three putt to then own your soul and compound how you play the next hand or the next hole, then it's probably best for your mental strength to just not partake yeah. because it's going to fucking ruin you because yep. it's going to happen. So with that said, that's how I approach this. It sucks. It sucks to know that, um, you know, my son will hear awful things about me because I, I did whatever I did to get canceled, but it's going to happen. Yeah. And so it's kind of like, okay, when that happens, we will, sell our home here and we will move and I will be done. But I'm not going to like go on the apology tour. No. Now, if I, if I really did feel like I did something wrong, then fine. But the apology tours never work. Yeah. Somehow there's this jury of anonymous bots uh, or people just hiding behind anonymous avatars on Twitter that become the judge and jury on apologies. The apologies are never good enough. One of the apologies welcomed. I'm not, I'm just not, I'm not going to engage. Yeah. I, I've, I've been for the last however many months you've been part of this. I've been saying, 
what is it that I did that upset you? And I don't get any answers, so I can't win. So it's it's it, I'm grateful for the fact that we've been able to do it as long as I've been able to do it. But I also recognize the end. And the end is I get taken out. But when I get taken out, I take a flight to Fort Lauderdale and I set up shop and I have a moving truck, move my stuff down, and that's where I live. So that is that is how I come to terms with it because I am who I am and I say what I think and I know how I, I treat people, whether it be people like yourself, Jackson, who we work with, work together every day, um, or the people who are close to me or the people who contact me via email. But it doesn't matter that it doesn't, that none of that matters in 2021. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter because I can get taken out for something I did in 1998. Yeah. And you're just kind of like, okay, it's fucked. It's wrong. Um, and it, it, but, but I've chosen to chose to play the game when the rules weren't what the rules are now. Yeah. Rules have changed. The rules have changed, but I'm continuing to play the game. And so you now recognize what the game is. And it's kind of like you're, you're playing in the NFL after you find out about, you know, take your pick of whatever injuries that can have lifelong, oh, you still choose to do it. So that's that's the fate I have yeah. have chosen and therefore I can't complain about what is going to happen. It's just a matter of when it will happen. It occasionally pops up now where I see someone in the audience calling themselves a fan trying to get somebody taken out. It hasn't been me yet, but I've seen it happen. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, it's, but this, I don't, I want to make this clear. I don't think that this is limited to uh, our show. Um, it's just, this particular moment in history where it's profitable. It's actually a business model to create outrage. Mm -hmm. And so at some point it'll happen. And so to answer the question, do I worry about something? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I suppose I don't like it, but I know it's going to happen and I will be trending locally on Twitter and people will attack me and take your pin, call me a variety of names and shit on me. Um, and then other places won't feel comfortable enough to hire me, even though we'll probably have private conversations going, yeah, we really like, but we just can't do it right now, you know? Mm-hmm. And that, and then that'll be it. That's my death. Yeah. That's my, that's my professional death. So, you know, you can replay this when it happens to, you know, so I can give you my own eulogy. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's the way that it is. Yeah. I think it's wrong, but I also recognize that that is the way that it is. If somebody, would not want to hire me because I have conversations with Caden Cross, then they wouldn't want to hire John Stossel because he was a guest on her show on a regular basis. Um, if somebody wouldn't want to hire me because I have a relationship with Jack Danforth, which would be really odd, but just to, to keep it as a parallel, <laughs> um, you know, so be it. I, I can't, I can't, I mean, you know, to, from my standpoint, he's one of the, most wise human beings I've ever had a conversation with. Um, and by the way, here he is as a, as a minister, um, who recognizes that I am certainly not, you know, in line with his worldview per se, Mm. but because he is who he is and he actually lives by at least the, the Bible I recall reading growing up. Um, he doesn't uh, condemn those who don't share his same morals. Um, which I also realize is a business model and can help get you elected, which is why he probably would not be electable in 2021. So, uh, you know, I'm the, the Costas thing. Um, I agree 15 years later with the would you thing, but probably he doesn't like it for a different reason than I don't like it. I just think it's mean and I think it's hack. And I think he 
doesn't like sex talk it, in, in, in the sense that he doesn't like it intermingled with sports yeah. talk. Yeah. I don't think he, I don't think it's not like he's like some prude. I just don't think he likes it. Labeling it sports talk radio. And right. But I don't sense. label it sports talk radio. No. I've made, I mean, no. as I said, you had TMA in the morning, you had Franco Pinion in the afternoons for a few years. Yeah. But people call it sports talk. Like, God, I can't believe you guys haven't talked about the blues game. You can't. Have you been listening for the last 17 years? <laughs> it's what we do. Yeah. You know, we talk about what we're interested in. Yep. Um, so, you know, so Jackson, I've, I've spouted off knowledge. You've done a lot of mm hmming. So what do you think now? now my, my thing. That's your, yeah. Mine, mine is Adderall. Yours is mm hmm. Mm, mm-hmm. What do you think? What do you think? Yeah. Um, I mean, take a look around what's popular in sports or just in media now. It's not sticking to one topic and being so it's more loose. It's more. This is what we're talking about. Like any successful thing just doesn't talk sports. They would talk pop culture, science, a ton of other things. And sports gets intermingled with that or references to sports are made. And that's what people like. So you're right in the sense where it's like when Costas made that claim, the ecosystem of sports radio or just radio in general was sticking to the topic and sports, especially sticking to sports, beat writers and such. So when that kind of, movement swung around where it became more talk about whatever you want to talk about and that will gain more audience the the changes i don't know how i'm trying to say this but it's costas was probably right at the time and it kind of transitioned to okay maybe that was an antiquated thought i'd be curious if he has that same thought yeah, you're today right. i agree I'd I, what i'd like to do same. is watch that uh-huh. i'd love to have him on um, he came on, he came when Joe Buck and I did a week of shows, he was on and I just felt like I needed to get out of the room. <laughs> um, yeah. but I remember Joe asking him if he was on Twitter and I think I've said this, I've cited it before. He goes, no, cause what's the point? I can destroy my career with one harmless thought yeah. that somebody can determine was harmful. Yeah. So why would I do that? That's a great, which, that's which a great I mean, point. he said that in 2012 and I think it took me about seven years to go. Yeah. What the fuck? What am I doing? For what reason would I do this? Yeah. I, Cause I can't, I can't, I can't say anything. So it just fucking yeah. sucks Yeah. because I would love to do it Yeah. To, to communicate with people, but can't you get taken out? I mean, I, I, I recall looking at my tweets from the very beginning and it wasn't like I was like, you know, I wasn't going Josh hate or anything like that. Yeah. But like, like, Hey, we're going out. We're going to be on Washington Avenue. I think I'm going to get to sidebar, you know, at at 10 o'clock. If anybody's in the neighborhood wants to hang out. That's what it was. Yeah. That's what it was. You should do that again. Should, <laughs> just, I'm going to be, I'm going to be a biggies I later. I should take myself back to 2000. <laughs> yeah, you should do that again. Hey, looking for threesomes tonight. <laughs> you know, getting, putting the kid down early. <laughs> yeah, I'll do time warp Twitter. Yeah. You know, uh, who would you like to bang the most and then list, you know, I mean, can you even imagine? I mean. <laughs> yeah, that oh, would go poorly. God, yeah. Um, so yeah, just I look at it and it's just it's an amazing, amazing phenomenon what has happened with it. And to me, it's like when I look at Instagram. Now I don't know how you look at Instagram. Mm, mm-hmm. I look at it sadly. <laughs> now Ozzie Smith is at the top of my feed. That's nice. With David Freeze from Freeze throwing out the the, the pitch. Some wholesome stuff. 
then got Probably. some advertisements, then Ryan Kelly advertising, then a picture from the great Tom Schmidt of salt and smoke with his brisket, which I really enjoy. Oh, then some so articles, something with Michael yeah, Jordan oh, oh. from ESPN sports center, uh, Troy Mullins, long drive, uh, golfer Mickelson, which is an ad. But if I go into like, like friends, yeah, it yeah. is so. I what what makes me feel badly about it. Now this is my view on it. I could be wrong. Is there is a void in their soul they are trying to fill with likes? Yep. You just point. You just double shot me with the double gun. Because it's just yeah. It's uh, we talked we talked a little bit about this on TMA yesterday. Oh really? Uh, yeah, I cited the, the great poet Kanye West when he said, "I crowdsource myself as, or I look at Instagram comments to crowdsource my self esteem." Oh, it's a very, very you know, opining kind of just brilliant kind of line there, but it's true. Like that's where people's self esteem comes from, or their li likes and comparing their likes to their friend who they think they're not as good looking as but oh, if they wow. get more likes well, then, so now you're going to the weeds out and stuff i don't even know yeah that's uh that's the thing and it's just and and it shouldn't be and i'm sure some people don't do it like that but what other purpose would there be for it because i don't care if you're at the uh, napoli great you know, napoli or the grand canyon i don't give a damn and no one else does either but you're posting about it i don't know no, i think i think it's different if your feed is private Yes. Okay. Yes. And it's a way, like for me, it's a way to, now I go back and I see my son, you know, he'll be uh, four here in five days. It's a great archive. It is. Thing. That's yeah. what it is. Yeah. And I see my sister-in-law does it with my uh, nephew. Same. Same. And so I I like that. But like, the like uh, as the kids are calling it, the thirst traps, mm. they're so transparent. Oh, yeah. And it's just so sad. And I think I said this, if Anna Marie... You know, we're celebrating our 10th wedding anniversary in uh, less than three months. Um, started an Instagram account where she's like posting, you know, like swimsuit, swimsuit shots. And yeah, I'd be like, man, she's fucking around. I mean, <laughs> or she's looking to fuck around. There's no, there's nothing else. Yeah. Or I am not doing a good job as a husband and a father <laughs> because clearly she's looking for validation from outside of our family. Sure. Now that's how I look at it. Uh -huh. Now I'm not saying that I'm right because it's not like I'm active and I realize there's a business to it for sure. But I swear to you, I would rather make less money than do that stuff. Uh -huh. I can't, I can't cause I know I could make more cause I know, cause I know the playbook and it's not to say that I'm on a higher moral ground. It's just, I don't, I don't have the interest in spending the time yeah. and there's a difference I also don't want to ever, I don't want the audience to ever look back and go, wow, you fucking lied to us. I don't ever want that. I don't want yeah. ever, 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 ever. That's why I'm just like, here it is. Here, I'm a fucking creep. Not sure if there's a God, you know, you know, fucked up in my 2000, in my 20s and 30s, was a shitty first husband, hate myself, will always hate myself for it. Um, you know, whatever, late night score is a fucking catastrophe. <laughs> whatever, yeah. whatever I can give you, yeah. you know. I just, it, here it is, you yeah. know, yeah. um, but I see this, I see the game mm -hmm. and there's money in the game. It, it, once you get to a certain level, you know, the guys who like to have a podcast and there's, you know, 10 people listening to it and all of a sudden you become a take Smith majority of podcasts. <laughs> and that's a, that's, that's the different deal. But I see the game. 
I don't want to say I respect the game because I think the ramifications of this WWE are damaging um, to, you know, humanity actually to go as to go oh, as broad as, to go as broad as, to go yeah. as broad as that and i'm not thinking of one person i'm thinking i'm taking take your pick it's just it's grotesque one of the questions i'm not looking to go into a uh to a whole nother thing here um but it came from timmy recaps and uh, i'm a lemming of his questions for sure. qfta and he just asked a simple one here journalism seems to be wildly broken how do we fix it how do we get the public to trust journalism thanks and it's going to take me to something, and then we'll wrap it up. But before I do that, if you're having any air conditioning issues, Seth Goldcamp, Design Air Heating and Cooling, is online at designairservice.com. The air conditioning he installed in our home, 16-seer train air conditioning, and it truly is absolutely incredible how much of a difference it makes. If you're ever having uh, ever having any heating and cooling issues, go to designairservice.com, work with Seth Goldcamp and his staff. You will be thrilled that you did. It's Design Air Heating and Cooling online at designairservice.com. Mungan asked, Jamie Burkhardt texted me today during the show, Jackson, to say he's going to put up $500 each month to have Iggy in on pick six. He made it happen. A loyal listener of the program. And because he's a loyal listener of the podcast and the radio show, he gives deals to the audience. So here you go. Come in and mention the Ryan Kelly Morning After, the Tim McKernan Show podcast, and you receive $1,000 off any 2021 new vehicle plus any rebates that may apply. Plus, they also have over 300 pre-owned vehicles to choose from. SaltonToyota.com and StLouisAcura.com. Munganast, loyal sponsor of the Tim McKernan Show podcast. And finally, Jim Rogers of Restoration One of CentralStLouis.com. Man, we had a big storm last Thursday night. Is your place messed up on that thing? Yeah. We didn't have power for a couple hours. That's crazy because I was driving home. I live. You pretty- were driving home when that was going on? Yeah, towards the back end. And, uh, I was looking, I was like, man, I hope I didn't lose power. Ryan Kelly's office, which is very close to me, out of power. Is that right? Yeah, the building next to it, out of power. I pull up to my apartment building. Golden. Lights are on. Golden grams. Lights are on. It was like crazy. I guess we're on a different power grid or something. But If and when you have something like that storm last Thursday night, uh, you're going to get damage. That's when you call Jim Rogers. 314-565-1962. He's with Restoration 1 of Central St. Louis. We ran into it with our home, and Jim Rogers took care of it right away. The key is to make sure if you do have water in your home that it uh, doesn't lead to mold growing in your home because then you got a real problem on your hands. Restoration 1 of Central St. Louis, the great Jim Rogers, 314-565-1962, Restoration 1 of Central St. Louis. So this is Timmy Recap's question. Journalism seems to be wildly broken. How do we fix it? How do we get the public to trust journalism? So here is here is my thought on this. And it ties back to something. I don't know what I was. I was, I was probably, uh, I don't I was. I was not f- feeling, I couldn't physically do much because of my mouth situation and my intercostal situation. Did you just turn your phone away from me like I'm your girlfriend and, and you've got a side no. piece texting you? Because no, it was very slow and deliberate. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just like, I was looking I at I couldn't it. care if you got 10 cockpicks right now. I got <laughs> I got a text from the great Mark Hanna. He's, I'm a big uh, fan. Yeah, he's signing, needing me to sign documents. I just don't like my phone popping up with notifications. I understand. While I do that. so I, You I do have a habit of that on the podcast, but that one was more of a slow, deliberate, yeah, I wanted like, to make oh, sure. I don't want Tim to see the cockpick I just received from no. Iggy. Unfortunately, no cockpicks, but yeah, bad ho- beats. hopefully more coming. <laughs> more coming, more. Yeah. Um, so on Sunday morning, that's my time. Jameson doesn't wake up. I don't know how. 
uh, until like 9.15, 9.30. And then it's just a Scooby-Doo marathon. How I got him on Scooby-Doo, I have no idea. But yeah. it's very, you know, fresh from today's headlines. <laughs> uh, and it's Scooby-Doo. Um, I'll drink my coffee, but I have a couple of hours. Yeah. And I saw this thing that Bill Maher did in New Rules on Matt Damon. Now, it wasn't really on Matt Damon. If you took it, it's like reading the Old Testament and taking it literally, uh-huh. you know, his premise wasn't defending Matt Damon. His premise was that Matt Damon, <laughs> you know, uh, is such a bad guy that he spends a bunch of time in third world nations. Yeah. Um, what is his project? It has something to do with clean water, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. Clean correct? water and food. He's always yes. been about that. Uh, so homophobic that he banged Liberace <laughs> in HBO's, Liberace story. See TMA Live, the most recent TMA Live. You that was that referenced. Yeah. yeah. Wow. God, that clip. <laughs> um, in the premise, the premise, and but but he's always getting in trouble with as Mar said, woke Twitter. Mar, Mar, and, and so I think some people took it literally, like oh, I think Matt Damon is going to be fine, and that wasn't the point. And why I even did this, I don't know. But it wound up being received well. And I'm kind of like, oh, maybe I should opine more often. And even though I know occasionally, like 25 percent of it's going to be fuck you. If I can reach 75% with where I'm trying to come from, not preaching, but mm. to present, um, it, it's worth the 25% motherfucking me. Yeah. Because they're motherfucking me anyway. Yeah. So um, I think Mars' overall premise is this. Because Bill Maher, over the last eight or nine months... Do you watch Bill Maher? I'm sure I've asked you this 30 You do not. I sometimes watch his new rules, like yeah. clips on YouTube. And that's really... Because Donna Brazil was on. I don't have a whole lot of respect for her operation in particular with, I know she was involved in the debates and the controversy around the debates and questions coming in. And, and, but she, that that's, I don't want to say it's neither here nor there. It's pretty important. Um, but it's, I don't know. Something, something was doing with her on Friday night on the panel. So I didn't even stick around for that. Uh-huh. Uh, I just saw the final new rule, which was new rule, you know, something along the lines of Matt Damon getting canceled. I believe, here's my theory. And a lot you found over the last eight months, a lot of conservatives going, I don't know what to say, but Bill Maher's making a lot of sense. Still, while a lot of people who'd consider themselves on the left, which I know I am labeled as being, which I don't think is necessarily accurate, I just happen to be ridiculously socially liberal and anti-religious right, which I guess puts you on the left, mm-hmm. but I don't think my political policies per se would be considered liberal. But either way, uh, I am more of a looking at an individual and trying to pick up a read on what I think that person would do in office. Yeah. Uh, and as long as they're not, you know, you know, castigating an entire population or portion of the population um, while trying to implore them to follow their particular religion, I'm open. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's just the truth with me, even though I know that might not fit one's particular narrative of who I am or what I think. So, and why the fuck would I lie about it? Uh, but anyway, uh, with that said, um, Mar, I think what's going on with him, Jackson, Yeah. I don't see him doing a lot of touchdown end zone celebrations over November, 2020. I think, and I listened to him, he was on a podcast. And as a matter of fact, Timmy recaps actually is the one who sent the podcast to me. And I listened to it uh, a couple days ago. And he almost kind of gave what I thought was the case. It was a Vox conversation. Um, I want to give it to people. Bill Maher sits with a Vox journalist to discuss political comedy 
uh, Vox Conversations. Is political comedy even possible anymore? Uh, recommendation. I think Bill Maher looks at November 2020. Forget about January 6th if you can. But November 2020 and goes, what the hell? Not that Joe Biden won. I think possibly might be going, boy, I can't believe it had to be Joe Biden. But not even that, taking that out of it, but going, holy shit, Donald Trump got more votes in 2020 than he did in 2016. And that is with a pandemic that some who would consider themselves Trump supporters and the vast majority of those who would not grade him very poorly for his handling. For not sure. to say he could have prevented it. I don't know who you would consider to be the greatest president of all time, but uh, that person wouldn't have been able to prevent it. But the handling of it, and yet his vote total increased. Mm -hmm. And so what I think he has done, and again, this is a theory, is incredibly smart because celebrating and shitting on Trump every week, yeah. what's the point? Yeah. What I think he's doing is calling attention to some of these flaws, for lack of a better term, of the Democratic Party and independence um, to say, look at the dumb shit that we are doing and it's costing us votes and or voters at a time where we should be seizing votes and or voters because of the cluster that is on the other side of the aisle. So if you really do believe in the principles of liberalism, progressivism, then this shit with going after people on Twitter and, and cannibalizing ourselves has to stop. And so he spent a lot of time pointing out the moronic shit. Mm -hmm. um, and I think in this interview, in the Vox interview that I'm talking about, uh, which I listened to after posting this uh, link to his Matt Damon new rules, he said, you know, there was, there was, in, he goes, if I were, if I were to transcribe some of the things that were said during the Democratic uh, candidate debates, you know, pre it going to Biden that were said, he goes, it did seem like a joke to you. You wouldn't believe it. Mm -hmm. Like, but they were said, you know, whether it be defund the police, take your pick of whatever asinine thing it was that people were defending the right of the Boston bomber to, I can't recall what it was to be able to vote something. I mean, just like taking stands for things that impact no one really, but piss off many people. Yeah. And, and then they are used by conservative media to go look. And he said, he goes, Donald Trump wasn't necessarily saying I'm so great. He was saying, you don't have a choice. It's either me or this shit, uh -huh. you know? And it's not necessarily the, the democratic policies so much as the culture shit that, that, and, and so people can go, yeah, I think Matt Damon's going to be fine. And, you know, I think we need to focus on the issues. That, that, sound, that sounds wonderful. Yeah. But if you asked the average American citizen, if he's going to be more worked up about what's taken place in Afghanistan over the last week, or take your pick of a tweet in which somebody was condemned for something that kind of resonates with them, it's going to be the latter. Mm -hmm. And that is why it is done. And so what Marr is trying to do, I believe, is call attention to it, even though he is somebody who is perceived, accurately so, to be on the left, I think he's gaining credibility because he's calling the left and the right out on their bullshit. Yeah. Because in the midst of this thing that was heavily approved by both conservatives and liberals, he's mocking Kevin McCarthy. 
you know, but he's also mocking Nancy Pelosi. Yeah. And so for Timmy recaps, your question, journalism seems to be wildly broken. How do we fix it? How do we get the public to trust journalism? You shit on both. You praise both. Marr in his interview was talking about how, and he's not a journalist by the way, but I'm, no. but I'm, I'm giving the overall principle. You, you can't call a ball for the same pitch that was thrown by a liberal as it's thrown by a conservative. Yeah. You have to, you have to be, or I should say you have to call a ball no matter where the location is. It doesn't matter whether it's thrown by a liberal or a conservative. You have to call a strike. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, and this is something and I remember when the cat was on the radio show, I would talk about this because I always kind of felt like the cat was a conservative, but he would say he was a moderate and just kind of like, okay, whatever. And obviously Doug is where he is. And I don't think I'm a moderate because I think I'm as, I think anyway, far to the left as you could possibly be um, socially, at least what's considered a social liberal. Um, but with that said, you know, I would make this observation. Fox News built an empire by Bill Clinton's issues in the second half of the 90s, in particular Monica Lewinsky, perfect storm. Um so that was that was prime. Then you had the the chaos surrounding the 2000 election, and then Fox News went into another stratosphere when Barack Obama got elected. Wonder why? Well, now CNN, which I actually do believe, and journalistic studies would say, pre Donald Trump was more credible than Fox News. It's not to say it was impeccable, but it was more credible. But now. CNN is just employing the same strategy that Fox News was using on Bill Clinton, but more severely, Barack Obama. And they're doing it with Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. And so he's pointing out that there'll be stories that you just won't see on one network because it's... No way to spin it. There's no way to spin it, so you don't even, so you don't even include it. Yeah. Or if you do include it, then you, you know, take, take like Brian Williams, for example. I, I know it's a clip that went viral this week with his interview with an um, Afghani... Um, military u.s military vet watching the the chaos at the kabul inter, uh, international airport as people were trying to yeah hang on to the american plane as it departed and they had just run biden's speech and you know, i'm paraphrasing what brian williams says on msnbc but uh well certainly the the president says the buck stops here and and the veteran goes i don't know what speech you just watched but you know, for me and many of my fellow, you know, veterans who served over there to watch this, to watch our work go up and smoke in, in a matter of 48 hours, this is brutal. Yeah. Well, I think a lot of people feel that way, whether you voted for Joe Biden or you didn't. Now, you understand what's going to happen. Just like, by the way, had that happened on Donald Trump's watch. So to me, and I think that's what, and I take, and I do, I, I think of all of the compliments, not to say that I'm getting a lot of them, um, but of the compliments I receive, one of the ones that means the most, I think, to me is I don't necessarily agree with where you're coming from, but I respect where you're coming from in the sense that people think that I'm going to say what I honestly think, which I am. Mm -hmm. And to me, that is how you gain credibility as a journalist. Now, I don't consider myself a journalist and Bill Maher isn't a journalist either. But Tim's question was, um, how do you fix it? You fix it by if it's a strike, it's a strike and it doesn't matter who threw the ball. Yeah. And I think that's the issue. Um, but here is here is the issue that supersedes that issue. These are businesses. Yep. These are businesses. Mm, yep. And and the business model is more profitable if you give people confirmation bias, if you allow them to continue to practice selective perception. Yeah. So what people say they want, my question is, do you really want it? 
Yeah. And then if you do want it in a large enough number, then someone will give it to you. Yep. I actually think, and I don't know if it's accurate or not, it might be too idealistic, some kind of utopian society I envision with media. But one thing that I did think about when I was in conversations with regards to the Rush Limbaugh thing is it might not be now, but there might come a time in the not too distant future where my, what I guess some may be critical of, seeing both sides of things could actually become the response to what that was or take your pick of Rachel Maddow, whatever it is that you want to throw out is, is the, is the counterbalance. Um, you know, in the compliment, uh, one of the people there said, somehow you have the ability to talk politics without pissing people off. I don't really know how, but, but to me, I guess it comes from for the most part, I can see where people are coming from for the most part. For the most part, for the, I can see where the, I think the majority are coming from. I, even if I don't agree with it, I can see where the majority are coming from. Um, and so therefore I'm not going to shit on them. Mm-hmm. So what Mar is doing now, I think is smart because I think he's at a point where he is in his mid sixties as God only knows how much money. I mean, he's able to donate a million dollars to Obama's campaign. So, uh, in 2012, so um, you know, he's fine. Yeah. Um, and I think he's kind of like going, you know what? I care about the country and we are going down a really dark road. And yeah, that might be the easier laughs to make fun of Donald Trump and make fun of Republicans and make fun of QAnon and make fun of people who think the election was stolen and whatever. But that's not my audience. Those people aren't my audience. I'm not going to change their minds. The people who think the election was stolen aren't watching real time with Bill Maher. No. I want to point out how the people who are watching are fucking up or how our quote unquote side is fucking up. And this is, it does, does it matter? Do the culture wars on Twitter matter? No, but do they matter if they are using a weapon as a weapon as far as who's going to get elected or what a side represents because policy certainly isn't going to be talked about? Then yes, it does. As dumb as it is, that's the game. And so I've enjoyed watching that because it's gotten a lot of people to the table. And so he's still able to take shots or be critical of those he considers to be frauds on the right. But it has more credibility now because people on the right go, oh, he's shitting on Nancy Pelosi. He's shitting on Joe Biden. So from my standpoint, I think that's how journalism fixes itself. Yeah. But the problem is journal. I don't want to say it's a problem. It's it's it, it's business. It's it's a it's they're running off P and Ls just like a restaurant is. Mm-hmm. And right now, business is booming. Division leads to business booming. So I don't know why it would want to fix itself. Bill Maher can do it because Bill Maher doesn't need to give a fuck. Yeah. I just don't know what's going to change. I honestly, I, I know I said it the last podcast we recorded, Jackson, or two podcasts ago. I mistakenly. I mean, I'm just a terrible misread. I mistakenly thought January 6th would be our rock bottom. Mm. And it just wasn't. No. And so I'm, candidly, I am as, uh, withdrawn from discussion now as far as being knowledgeable. Uh-huh. Uh, as I've as I've been, I don't know how long, man. I don't know how long. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I, I really don't know. I feel like I really got, uh, I really started paying attention 2002 slash 2003. Uh, because I was so against the Iraqi war. 
Um, and ever since then, but January sets kind of like my beginning in January six. Kind of, I'm just like, holy shit! Yeah. If we're if if people are actually somehow trying to reason that away, then fuck this. This is this is now this can't is now. It. Yeah, I can't just because it, it's just going to make me so miserable and sad and despondent and hopeless. Um, you know, but but it's it, the important thing to me is to be able to call them out, mm-hmm. and and it's a strike. It doesn't matter who threw the pitch. Uh, so that's, that's how I would attempt to answer what is a very good question. All right. Time for us to shut it down. You can always send questions and we're probably locked and loaded for the next few episodes, but Hey, send them in. If it's a good one, like, uh, this one from no name, please. Um, it'll go right to the top of the list. Team McKernan at inside STL.com for the home loan expert.com. Ryan Kelly for Seth Goldcamp, Design Air Heating and Cooling, designairservice.com. For James Carlton, Carlton State Farm Insurance Agency, online at carltoninsurance.net in Webster Groves. For Jim Rogers, Restoration One of centralstlouis.com. For Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, evergreenstl.com. And for Jamie Burkhardt and Clayton Patterson of Munganess, St. Louis Acura, and altontoyota.com. I'm Tim McKernan. Thanks for your time today, Action Jackson. Yep. Thank you to our audience. Send in your questions, comments, erotic stories. Tim McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Anything and everything is welcome. This has been another edition of the Tim McKernan Show from the HomeLoanExpert.com studios. Peloton, let's go. This holiday, with the right music and the right motivation from world-class instructors. We're going to pick it up a notch. It's the holiday season. You might just surprise yourself with what you're capable of. Work out to thousands of live and on-demand classes. From running to cycling to yoga. Try Peloton risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Peloton. Motivation that moves you.